Intuition, Your First Sense, where we talk about everything energy, coaching, business, essentially, how can we live a life that is joyful, abundant, connected, and spiritually aligned? All of that in one. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? (laughs) But it also has such a plethora of subject matter that keeps us going, keeps us interested, right? That's part of being a human is the curiosity, is what can I learn today? As well, if you can get out of the way of your own defense mechanisms. And guess what today is about? It is about those defense mechanisms that as a human, I think are just part of the process. And the more we lighten up about some of this stuff, the better it's going to be. Let me preface this with, I am not a therapist. I am not licensed as a therapist and I am not going at this as a therapist. I am going at this as someone with 22 years of working with people and doing the intuitive coaching and being a human for 53 years. So that's where we're coming at this from. And the suggestions that I make are not intended to be therapy. And I freaking love therapy. So get yourself a good therapist. If you identify yourself in any of what I'm about to talk about today, and you know what, if you're human, you're going to. If you're honest, human, you're going to. Uh, but if it's church cord, you reach out, connect with someone. If you don't like the first person and you don't think you connect, move on. Don't waste your time. You have to give therapy time for it to work. But if there is not a click there, if it does not resonate, walk on by um, respectfully. Call them back. Don't ghost them. Ghosts are for other things. Defense mechanisms and full honesty here. I have been the queen of defense mechanisms before I even realized what a defense mechanism was. And why is that? Well, because I recognize that defense mechanisms are an aspect of our own psychological process and tactics of my unconscious mind that was there to protect me from whatever I didn't want to address or the trauma I had been through, having unpleasant conversations, fear I had about life that I just didn't want to look at, being overwhelmed in life. So I had some defense mechanisms that I don't use anymore because I look at everything that comes my way once I become aware of it. I mean, sometimes it's a little challenging to get in there until you have a heads up. I don't use these anymore and I can recognize where I was using them and I can feel mm, apologetic about using them. However, I won't feel regretful because I was not the person I am today and I was not taught the skills to use them just like you. I was not taught the skills to use effective communication until I taught myself. Well, and also until I went to therapy to find out where some of those messages were coming from and how I was, it was not serving me to continue to use them. So I wanted to talk about it today because I feel like it's important that we look under the hood and we address every aspect of ourselves that is not so shiny. Um, but once we take it out and look at it and we are kinder to ourselves, we can then appreciate all of the aspects. And defense mechanisms are there, I think, to help us survive, to push down the big feelings that might be coming up 
and in order to get through the day. I mean, I feel like when I look back at my marriage, it was a good part of my marriage was to avoid looking at the stuff because the conversations I tried to have with him, uh, you know what, loving guy, but he did not want to talk about anything that might have brought up of uncomfortable feelings. There were only a few doorways that we got through in 27 years. And usually when I threatened to leave and I was complete with the relationship, if he didn't talk to me about something. So the experience I have with them is one of, oh, hands-on, man. It's absolutely tried them all. What are defense mechanisms? There are quite a few. If you look up any of the articles or you read any of the books in Psychology Today or any of the um, manuals that are out there, uh, the papers, so many, There's there are uh, quite a few ways that we as humans in our uniqueness walk in our defense mechanisms. The one I use the most, and I know they have categories like denial, repression, projection, rationalization, um, reactionary, compartmentalization, um, intellectualizing, making everything a, a debate or an argument. I know they have all those. Again, not a therapist. I am going to talk about some of the behaviors within those topics. And if you're interested in learning more, go educate yourself, take a psychology class, go see a therapist. The defense mechanisms that I often see in clients I work with, but also myself, is a, a repression, more of the repression area where it's just like push it down, don't really deal with the stuff that's back there. And sometimes it's because you don't know it's back there. Many sessions that I do, I'll ask somebody, you know, when we're talking about what their block may be or what their fears may be, I will ask them because it comes up intuitively to me, do you remember being 13 or what happened when you were eight that this got installed? Because they're not consciously aware of in their timeline where that got installed. Once I bring it up, it's usually old. You know, there's the connection between, okay, that's where the track, if you will, got laid down. And then we can talk about how to release it. And then I can ask them, you have a therapist, can you follow up on this? Um, you know, if somebody is in safe, safe, stable place, we're going to look at it. We're going to uncover it um, to see if we can move it along with maybe some conscious circuitry, which is the neuropathway work that I do. So repression, there's so many things that we experienced in our childhood that we can't remember everything. Um, I feel for those that have that um, a photographic memory because must be so hard to work through some stuff sometimes. My greatest repressive skill set used to be sarcasm. It used to be get in there with a quick wit, a one-liner um, that was meant to shut down the conversation. It was meant to be like, nope, you're not coming in here. I don't have the skills to deal with this. So I am just, I'd rather you think of me as a bitch than um, or a sarcastic brat. I heard that a lot when I was a kid, when really it was me saying, could somebody please pay attention and ask me why I'm hurting so bad so that I don't have to be this way because it's actually not my nature to be that way. Playful, yes. Funny, well, I can't help that. That's part of my wiring. <laughs> uh, but what was happening 
is in the repression of my pain. I was using that ability to observe and come up with the one-liner in the moment to be very sharp. And there are times today where I really have to watch that. It's more on a tape delay now, kind of like when they delay a broadcast in case somebody swears and then the beep comes in so it avoids the the actually the public hearing the word. That's how my brain works now, that um, when I might hear a, a smart aleck answer in my head, but I hear it first. It doesn't bypass my brain anymore and come straight out my mouth because I don't need a defensive mechanism anymore. I know how to stand my ground. I know how to speak for myself. And I know how to say to others, that's not cool. I'm going to separate myself um, from this conversation. So I don't need that defense mechanism anymore. But sometimes those old wirings show up, especially if something's happened that I feel hurt by. I'll take responsibility for me feeling hurt, but I'm going to, you know, human here. I am going to experience that. So sarcasm, and sometimes people will say, I'm not sarcastic, I'm humorous. There's a difference. Sarcasm kind of goes for the jugular. Sarcasm projects out, which again, another one of those defense mechanisms. It it goes to hurt before you can hurt me again. Um, so if someone is defending their sarcasm, I do have compassion for where the pain and the hurt may be, but I'm not going to be the brunt of that. I will, and I'm not going to let anybody else in my vicinity be the brunt of that either, uh, including the person. If they're using sarcastic tone towards themselves, I usually ask the tougher question of what, what's hurting in there that that's necessary? Um, and can I help? Not everybody wants help. <laughs> the other, uh, Safeguarding of self-practice, which is what I think of as defense mechanisms, really just trying to keep yourself safe, right, um, is to direct attention away from oneself. So if, say, I was asking one of those questions of, you okay, like, what's going on there? And then the person just starts talking about everybody else in their life. Well, that's a defense mechanism. That's a shield that went up that said, do not come in here. And I'll respect that. Not if you've hired me, just know that I will respect you. I won't respect the defense mechanism. I will kindly work on that um, so that you don't have to walk around with it by drawing attention to it. Because if you're directing my attention away from you and from the question that was just asked or the inquiry or, hey, how are you? Then I my job is to reorient you back to yourself so that you can know why you're leaving yourself and abandoning who you are. So that's another way to when you direct attention away from you. So pay, just pay attention when somebody says, how are you? Oh, the kids are fine. It's like, what? <laughs> I haven't gotten to the kids. I would ask about the kids, but that's not who I'm asking about right now. And along those same lines, taking refuge in a, another person's needs, the uh, defense is, I don't really want to look at my own emotions. Thank you very much for asking. I don't want to pay attention to anything that's deeper in there. I'm going to take refuge in another person's needs. I'm going to get busy being the caretaker. Um, I'm going to go over here where maybe it feels better to me. I get to feel heroic, even if that's not the conversation going on inside. I get to feel heroic because we're over here taking care of someone and who would interrupt someone else taking care of someone to ask them how they feel or where they're frustrated in their own life or if they're frustrated, maybe they're not. Um, but taking refuge in 
getting busy in what other people need also postpones the self-awareness and the acceptance that there might be something going on in there. And you'll see this often with parents, especially of young kids. Yes, there's a time where it's just exhausting. It is not pretty all the time. The kids are cute, but it's not pretty in those younger years. It's exhausting. And the ability to get totally absorbed in your kids and not pay attention to your own self, often the people who are coming to me, are I'm seeing them in their late 40s and their 50s. And to some regard, they've done that and they don't even know who they are. And that's part of the reason is that defense mechanism of, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth, the time, the interest in looking within. So let me go get busy with people over here. Um, rationalization. I see that a lot, um, especially in myself. I did that a lot. I would rationalize where someone was coming from. And I'm talking about when someone says, well, they had a rough childhood too. Well, you know what? We all had to deal with something. And that is not the excuse. And the older I get and the more conscious I am of my own process and my own accountability, I don't have the patience for that. I can understand the practice of it. And I can understand that if someone doesn't know they're doing it, if they're not rationalizing that, if they don't know they're rationalizing by saying, uh, well, they treated me this way because they were raised that way, uh, there's some truth to that. But there's also some truth. Like, for instance, my father was very physically hands-on, you know, cleaned my my attic a few times weekly until I stood up to him and said, one more time, you're going down. Um, and he was raised that way. I know that. And But then I started to realize that that is not how it has to be. And there, I didn't raise my kids that way. So I'm sorry if I had the intuitive knowing or the, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I, I'm going to rescind that apology because I'm not sorry that there was something within me that said, I will not continue the trauma that I was raised with. And I believe as much as everybody that, that, that they have that within them too. And they didn't access it. And I know they didn't access it. And that level of emotional laziness shows up in rationalization. So if, if you were rationalizing, well, they treated me that way because they were treated that way. Well, do you treat people that way? Because you are being treated that way, but do you treat people that way? So no. Yes, there's a certain level of awareness in everyone, and there are people who aren't going to access it, but we have to stop making it okay for those who have you know, transacted abuse towards us because of what they went through. You can understand that that's where they went through. I completely get that my father thought it was okay to do that. But I also know there were many instances where I told him to stop, where my mother told him to stop. She didn't do anything about it, but she told him to stop. And he still chose to go there until the point that I was tall enough to say, go ahead. And I'm going to report you and I'm going to knock you on your butt. Um, thankfully, my father was only five foot three, so that worked a little bit easier. But still, when you're rationalizing what you've gone through because of what someone else may have gone through or even what you did because of what you went through, I have every right to be miserable. My 
my partner died. Um, I have every right to treat people this way. I was hurt by a doctor. No, you actually don't <laughs> have every right to treat other people crappy because you have gone through stuff. We are in life. Life is going to hurt at times. It's going to be on the floor, curled up in a ball hurt sometimes. It just is. And it's not a game of exchanges here where you get to project another defense mechanism onto another person that you're miserable that way so that that other person needs to be miserable too. There's an app for that. I created an app for developing intuition. I created an app that will help you connect with community. And I created an app where you can take courses at your own leisure and then attend live events with myself and the rest of the amazing people that are connecting within the Vicky B app. You can find this app in Google Play. You can find it in the Apple Store as well. I do hope that you head on over there, download it. Yes, there are in-app purchases, but there's also plenty of content that is complimentary. Thank you so much for being interested in this, and I hope to see you within the app. So think about how are you, how do you want to be in the world? Do you want to be walking through the world with defense mechanisms? That's <laughs> interesting. Uh, emphasis on the way I said that, but do you want to be walking through the world with defense mechanisms that keep you from loving? Because that's what this does. When our arms are up in defense, we are not free to use our hands in a loving, kind way. We are not free to use our mind in a kind way. We are not free to allow our heart to fully bring in all the love that's possible in us and out and around us. And we are also not free to allow spirit to come through. So if you start to understand, don't judge them, but start to understand how you may be activating defense mechanisms to protect you from the joy in life. Because sometimes we do that. Um, sometimes we want to ditch a relationship that's going well because you're just not used to that. Um, you're not used to someone showing up. So you're like, I better get out of here. So that's another, you know, reactionary defense mechanism. But if you can pause and say, wait a minute, am I pushing something away because of a fear that I may actually end up losing it after I let it in um, or that they might not be the person that I think they are right now? It's usually a fear that's on the other side of it. You can then bring in the um, consciousness so that this isn't working in your subconscious mind and so that it's not in charge. And if you avoid having direct conversations or as Brene Brown says, courageous conversations, I like conscious conversations because I like to be present. But man, does it take courage to get there sometimes. If you're avoiding being direct and you're using passive aggressiveness as a defense mechanism, just recognize that that's something that helped you in the past. So you didn't have to step up and say, no, this is my belief. This is what I know about myself. Really hard to do that until you know yourself. So the more time you spend getting to know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, the, the, the more kindly direct we can be, the less ambiguity that's there. And oh my goodness, it just feels so much more flowy because 
we're all energy and we're flowing with this big, beautiful universe that we have. And if we release the need to defend, we can trust in that power and know what's in the best alignment for you or where you're meant to be. And that does not mean that you acquiesce to other people's moods or that you allow people to walk all over you. It means that you know yourself so well that you don't need an army or fortress around you to be in exchange with other people. You know how to hold your energy in in a respectful way. You know how to communicate well. You understand that another person's behavior is not a reflection of you. And then it takes all of this unconscious behavior and becomes conscious. You're choosing how you respond. You're contemplative. You are responding rather than reacting. So think about the ways that you may put up a barrier. And you may have to wait until you're in the moment to recognize, oh, there's one right there. I can also deflect with humor. Um, So I had the sarcasm thing, really worked on my pain and my hurt and everything shifted that. Now I have the humor. I can often deflect with humor and break up the energy that's in the room. This is very effective in coaching. It's very effective in moments where um, levity can be a gift. It is not effective when avoiding conversations. And I attracted a partner. I am so grateful I did my work and continue to do. I attracted a partner that does not let me get away with that. (laughs) So when I try to go to the humor side, because it feels too wide open to show him my insecurities or my boo-boos or things that are in there, he just sits quietly and he just looks at me with this love that I'm like, oh, okay, that feels okay. And yet I'm still scared that it's going to become all about him, which it hasn't. Um, But that's the exchange that we're in, right? You're there for each other. The humor still can still come up. I joked at my own mother's funeral because my one of my older sisters was having such a hard time. And I just felt like, oh, honey, um, I, I can help here. And that was a big role in my life growing up. If I could get my father laughing about something, because I do know that I got some of my wonderful sense of humor from him, a nice combination of my parents along with my own soul. I do recognize that. If I could get him laughing about something, then the Sunday beating didn't occur, okay? So I know that I have that capability, but I want my humor to heal. I don't want it to be something that is taking away from the emotion. Even though it helped my sister from collapsing. It really did. So I'm grateful that it happened in that way, that it just popped out of my mouth. My mother probably smacked me from the back of the head and said, will you do something here? Um, I also feel like it can take away from allowing the emotion to come up that has to come up and that needs to be expressed. So recognizing that you can almost default back to some defense mechanisms that were there. It's natural. But if you rely too heavily on defense mechanisms um, and make excuses, like the, there won't be progress. We have to analyze our behavior 
in order to change how we're behaving. So if, if these are a way of avoiding our true feelings, um, then we have to look at them, I feel, in, in, in order to give ourselves permission to feel vulnerable. And the first, one of the first steps of recognizing and overcoming them is accepting that you're using them in the first place, right? How do you, how do you address something if you don't know it's there? That's why beating myself up for the sarcasm I had before. I didn't know why I was using that until I, you know, started to uncover some of that and tried it on my therapist. That didn't go over well. I so stinking love her. Um, so once you're able to recognize that you're using them, you can dig a little bit deeper and you can identify those emotions. And then you can, you know, let those feelings talk to you, communicate with you, and they can say whatever they need to say. And then you can start to shift them because what do you do next? You take responsibility. When we use defense mechanisms, we're very often putting the, the blame or the shame outside of ourselves. Um, in somewhere, even if you haven't been able to articulate it, you're reacting or responding to something that was done to you rather than taking responsibility for where you are right now. Um, and if you participated in it, as an adult, you need to take the responsibility because your brain knows that you did that and it's probably trying to show up and, and, and help you see it, but it, it isn't able to if you keep pushing it away. So taking responsibility is, is actually fun. Once you get past the place of self-blame, that may have to be addressed first. Like if you blame yourself for doing that dumb thing or any of those other, you know, languaging things. So it, taking responsibility can be a lot of fun. When somebody says, Vicky, you did this, or it seems like you're doing that. I'm like, oh, did I? Okay, let me look at that. I don't always agree with them. Sometimes I'll be like, well, let me, can I tell you my portion or what I was thinking at the time rather than, oh, absolutely, you're right, but I will take the responsibility because I want to break those dang patterns. You know, our brains are patterns. I love patterns in everything in nature, in our head, in our behavior. But the the patterns that become habits, that's where we get stuck. So then a lot of them don't serve us. You can definitely create patterns and habits that do serve you. You know, a good cup of coffee in the morning, that's a habit that serves you. <laughs> but once you learn to take responsibility for your emotion, it gets exciting. It's like a treasure trove, right, of, oh, what else is in there that I could take responsibility? Because then you recognize, ooh, I'm breaking these patterns. And I can stop using these defense mechanisms and you, you, you start to gather your tools. So your mindfulness, your attitude of gratitude, you know, that anything that helps shift your mindset to see the world, see your own world, see your inner world as something of exploratory, of we're learning. We are learning. If you didn't know it before, that's fine. You, if you do know it now, you need to take responsibility and to apply it. Um, and often I feel like I'm the mirror, the reflecting, the sounding board that helps people develop these tools. Absolutely. But also remind them, oh, it sounds like you're slipping into like that pattern again. Did you want me to remind you when you're doing that so that it can be, um, broken? And very few people have said, no, please don't do that. Let me sit in my, my yuck and just pay you money for it. So, um, the, Breaking the pattern of minimizing yourself 
is what you really are doing when you're looking into these defense mechanisms. And I recognizing how they show up in your daily life will be up to you. So if you've heard some stuff today, like, oh, I do that or avoiding uh, social scrolling, if you're in there avoiding something, that's a defense mechanism that's shown up with our technology. Okay. So just ask yourself, don't go to the blame game. Don't feel like you have to, you know, dig up every bone that's in there, but ask yourself, okay, what am I avoiding in this moment? Sometimes it can be you're avoiding vacuuming. <laughs> and if you just said, yeah, I'm avoiding vacuuming, you might still not vacuum, but you might get off your duff and stop scrolling and you might go outside and, you know, uh, clean up the yard a little bit, or you might call a friend. You might do something else. You may not do that thing that you're avoiding, but if you call attention to it, you no longer need a defense mechanism in place. So you no longer need to project onto other people. You don't need to get mad at your partner because you can't stand your boss, or you don't need to blame somebody on the road and have road rage because you're not listening to yourself and you're feeling a bit abandoned by yourself. Okay. All of this comes back to paying attention. But the less defense mechanisms we have, the more skill sets we have to engage in life. And again, to open, open those hands in receiving, open that heart, open that mind and allow the messages of spirit to come in. Because if you're defending against anything, you're, you're not open for life to happen. So I hope this helped you. I hope it cleared up. It was a very strong message to record this and to also look at my own. So thank you for whomever needed to hear this, um, for bringing that to my attention, because being present is, is a big thing for me this year, focus and present and grounded in myself. Um, and it, that's not possible if I'm defending my territory or my energy. <laughs> so thank you very much. And thank you for being here, listening, you know where to find me, VickiBaird.com, uh, Vicky at VickiBaird.com, or the Vicky Baird coaching app uh, available on the pl app platforms. And I will see you around and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at VickiBaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.